and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. It's Monday, I'm in the studio with Jilly Flatty, producer Becky, and with us back is Kate Longhurst. Kate, it's been a while. It's been so long. What have you been up to? Not actually playing Watching football. Watching football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kate, <getting> flow, brutal. <laughs> no, Jesus what I mean Christ. is... No, I didn't that mean really it. was a dagger no, to no, the no. heart, wasn't it? I didn't it? mean not play football. I oh, meant like... No. When actually, are you going to get on the pitch, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> I actually mean like doing your job as in that's why you've not been with us because you have yeah. been in training. Yeah, which... we've been training on Mondays. Yeah. So Doesn't Paul Kuncheski just... know our schedule? I know, we should arrange around this, but <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Well, West Ham got a point yesterday though. We so... did. Not that we you were <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we will be having words because you did get the joint record appearance, but yesterday... For an hour. Kerry's Harrop overtook you, so we will be having words with West Ham and Paul Koncheski about that because we can't have that happening, Kate. Well, your name is your name is ready for that record. Well, yeah, not not now. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Kerry's Harrop's ruining the counterpress domination. I know. I know. Should I, I am level, get her on? I'm level with Jilly, so that's all that matters. Maybe yeah. I'll just stay there. True. Oh, cute. That no. is cute. No, I'm still going to slide tackle Kerry's Harrop, <laughs> and I'm going to slide tackle Conch at this rate. <laughs> no, but well done, Kerry's Harrop, because um, she has been a. Top pro for the whole. She's been time around WSL. forever. Yeah, that's she very, she's older than me. Julie. She's older than me. Just, just point out, she's older than me. <laughs> that's very graceful of you. And Kate. I shared, I shared a room with her at England Under Seventeen camp oh. one time. So wow. I feel like that that bond is there. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Julie, you've been booked and busy, hun. Very busy. Yeah. I'm really tired today. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very tired. <laughs> I've had a long, exhausting weekend. You did that Thursday night. Chelsea game and the Wednesday night and you were, and the Wednesday night yes you did Wednesday night for Five Live the Arsenal Champions mm. League game then you did that Chelsea game for Sky and I know you were a bit fuming about penalties because it means you were there till about 1am or something <laughs> yeah so I was like getting ready to go and then Lauren James fell down in the box <laughs> and then Marin scored it and I thought Great, I'm here for another hour so I should have left at 10 I didn't I got out about quarter past 11 got home I think about quarter to one Lovely. And then you were doing Saturday early kickoff. Yep. And Sunday night. Late kickoff, yeah. <sighs> She's busy a girl. Yeah, busy girl. But, you know, we're glad you could join us on the Monday. Becky, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I had a chill weekend because um going on holiday this week. Yeah. Um, but I did go to that um, football versus transphobia game at Dulwich on Friday. Oh, was it good? It was lovely. Um, the trans women team lost one goal to nil. Congrats. Big... Uh, Big improvement on last year when what, they lost seven, seven, <laughs> seven nil, seven, maybe seven one, seven nil, seven one. I can't remember what Natalie said. Um, the transmas team did lose quite heavily. What um, was the score? I lost count. <laughs> oh, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> they did score an absolute banger wow, okay. uh, of a free kick. But and it was also really funny because obviously everyone was rooting for them and the poor <laughs> Dulwich Hamlet uh supporters team kept scoring and everyone was like boo, boo. <laughs> and like they were taking it in, in good uh, spirits I think. Yeah. But it was yeah it was very enjoyable. Ran into lots of friends there so I saw some content with some good, cute, wholesome content. Yeah, it was very so wholesome, very nice. Great vibes. And then there was a DJ who'd just returned from seventeen years in Iron Appa. Oh, wow. To DJ this, That's big. this party. Just yeah, to vibes. Came back from Ayanapa for this. I think she had returned from Ayanapa, like, you know, she's retiring from okay. Ayanapa for good. That was okay. the vibe I got. So this is her, like, retirement tour, one <laughs> last go. <laughs> yeah. So Bangers. The tunes. Yeah, I would say so. Wow. What a, what a night. What a night. Good times. Okay. Would you think she could rival the Box Park, DJ? 
I would have liked some more cheesy tunes, okay. which I think is what Box Park excels in. Yeah, Box Park knows the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she introduced some more cheesy like chart bangers from the noughties, then I'd be all for her playing Box Park Wembley after a women's football match. But I actually don't want to talk about Box Park Wembley after a women's football match because although I am going on holiday and I'm looking forward to it and it's going to be lovely, I am missing England at Wembley. Mm. So I will be deleting Instagram off my phone because I cannot <laughs> deal with seeing my friends at Box Park Wembley without me. Yeah, but if it's anything like that USA game, it won't, so be, true, off, it won't be open. So don't You keep worry. me updated. I will. Um, I will report. And I'll, and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll not go on Instagram if, if you do get in. Well, I and Napa DJ, if you're listening, <laughs> Becky would like some more cheesy tunes at your next gig. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about that Arsenal City game yesterday, which was kind of the big match of the weekend. We're going to talk about the relegation scrap at the bottom of the table because it's taken a turn once again and we're going to be reflecting on 50 goals in the WSL for Sam Kerr. That's all coming up after this. Right, the Arsenal-Manchester City game, like I say, was probably the Blue Ribbon event of the weekend. I would say it didn't disappoint, Jilly. It was a, a very entertaining game and Arsenal came away with a massive win, which well and truly puts them back into contention for the title. So, yeah, a massive result for them. Yeah, and I did, going into the game, I think obviously when City got the goal, I did fancy City to to get the result. Um, but I feel like with Arsenal... I mean, obviously, they're coming off the back of a, a great performance, obviously, midweek, and they've got a lot of confidence and they're on a buzz and they've got that where well, they don't give up now. You know, obviously, I think potentially if that had been early in the season, they might have sort of not crumbled, but I couldn't have seen them getting back into the game. But they've just got this way now where, obviously, Marnham gets the goal and then, obviously, Katie McCabe's strike, um, which was just unstoppable, really. It was a great strike. But they've just got this confidence about them at the moment that they're going to win games. Um, obviously, I think still think Kim's going to be a big loss for them. Um, but yeah, they they just they just found a way to get the result yesterday. Okay, City will be really frustrated though because in that first half they were the best team by far. Arsenal looked good when they got a bit of that ball, but the first fifteen minutes they couldn't even get near City. The goal that City score is such a nice team goal. Like if Barcelona score that goal, people are losing their minds on the timeline. The way that they, the, the move started and finished was so good. It was such a nice team goal, like right to left. The way that City were moving around Arsenal was so good. And then Lauren Hemp misses that chance from a few yards out, goes over the bar. And I thought watching her, that miss, I thought they'll get another go. But actually when it comes down to it, that hemp chance was the one that let the game go away, really. Yeah, I think you could tell by her reaction as well. She's like rubbing her head, like, how have I missed that? Because the world is she scored last week. Mm. You'd bank on her scoring that. Um, Man City started so well. I was like, not pleasantly surprised because I know that they can dominate the ball and um, they can obviously play good football. But just the way they were shifting it across the pitch, I felt like Arsenal could never apply pressure to them and they just looked like they were going to cut them open all the time. Um, and also forcing Arsenal into a few errors at the back. But yeah, that miss, I mean, that would have made it 2-0, wouldn't it? So that's huge in games like that. And I think that is the difference maybe with Man City in the last couple of years where they've just slightly been off it in terms of they're now starting for a title push and then they have to win these games and they're the moments that can really like 
derail their season again. Um, I mean, I still I still think they'll get Champions League. I think maybe now the league, just with that result, might be a little bit hard. But they've all still got to play each other. So, yeah, I just hope like all four teams can still be in it on the last day of season. But I think Lauren Hemp will be really disappointed about that miss. Yeah, this result will knock City back a little bit because I think heading into this weekend, even though... Chelsea have that game in hand and Arsenal have that game in hand. I still thought City's chances at the title were pretty strong because they've got this squad depth that a lot of the teams around them don't have because of injuries and United's squad just isn't as deep as City's and they're playing so well at the moment, Jilly. But it does feel like yesterday's game is kind of the tale of their season a little bit where they create so many chances every game, but there still are moments where they are just not being clinical enough, even with Bunny Shaw in unbelievable form. Kelly and Hemp like ha- create so much and have these moments in games where they are kind of the match winners, but it's that consistent goal scoring that probably needs to come where they need to chip in and help out because... If Bunny Shaw can't score more than one goal in a game, that can't be the reason that they lose the game, right? She had that unbelievable chance, you know, where she put pressure on Williamson and then she just did a snap volley. Like, that would have been an unreal goal, but it's also probably one of the ones that it's not a chance you get a lot of, but it would have been an unbelievable finish. She got it. But they need to kind of support her to create more chances for her, but also just chip in with goals themselves. Yeah, and I think if you look at the stats, um, if uh, City if they had their XG and then they actually scored the predicted goals they should score, they would be top of the table. Like, they have one of the, if not the worst, I think it is, conversion rate in the whole league. Like, they sit bottom, I think, with, like, 9% or something. So, if they put their chances away, then they wouldn't be in the position they're in now. And I do think a lot is put on Bunny Shaw because I think she she has, she does have several chances in a game um, near enough and her conversion rate isn't that high um, and you're still looking that's still the top goal scorer in the league at the moment so I think other people do need to to help out with it because I think obviously if you're looking at this season really it's been the first season she's had sort of a starring role whereas previously obviously she shared it with Ellen White um, but now she is there they're obviously their number nine but a lot is put on her and as as you play against her more frequently centre-backs will know how to deal with her better. So then you have to find another solution. I do think her and Yui this year have been brilliant in the way they've been linking up and you can see that partnership really starting to blossom. So this year, potentially, they might miss out on that. But I think if you look at where they started and the players they'd lost, for them even just to get to Champions League, I think is big for them. I do think they could have probably done better in the FA Cup too and it'll be seen as a missed chance for them. But if you see these relationships now, how they are it's going to be a positive going into next season for them. Okay, also, sort of by accident, this result does help Chelsea a lot, to be honest, because City and United were the, the closest, really, in the title race for, for Chelsea. But this knocks City back a little bit. They're now in fourth, having played that game extra. So Arsenal have sort of helped out one of their biggest rivals. Would you say... Chelsea are the favourites still for the title because they've got that game in hand because we know what they can do or do you think Arsenal now given their momentum could be seriously one of the big contenders? I still think Chelsea will feel like they're favourites but I think the other thing for Arsenal and Chelsea is they've both got semi-finals of the Champions League so Arsenal with their squad at the moment 
hopefully Caitlin Ford's not a, a serious injury. Um, looked like she was holding a hamstring, didn't it? So when she went off, I thought, oh, like, now that's cut a lot of their goals mm. out. Um, and then they went and scored two, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd still say Chelsea are favourites. Um, I think if you ask Emma Hayes what she'd rather win, I think she'd rather win the Champions League, but she'd also rather win both. So <laughs> yeah. it's not like they're just going to stop trying or... She's still going to play a strong team regardless. Um, but I do think Chelsea's game in hand is against us. So she'll probably lose that one. <laughs> um, so, so you know, that just kind of gets that out of the way, don't it? I'd uh, like to point out that um, Kate had a jokey face on there. No, serious face. <laughs> we weren't just laughing because we were like, ha yeah, good one. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, but no, I, th- I think Chelsea will be favourites. Um, but Man United as well, they're not two 4 nil wins in a row. It's just, it is literally going to come down to when they all play each other, I think. And they've still got all, every single team has got to play someone in top four, haven't they? At least one, yeah. yeah I think so. Chelsea have the best. Chelsea do have, that. I don't think they Chelsea have do have the, the quote unquote easiest run mm-hmm. in. They've just got this game at home to Arsenal. Right. So at Kings Meadow as well, you would favour them. They've got quite a few you would expect wins in that run as well. And obviously they've been there, they've done it, but their injury issues are kind of mounting as well. I think it's funny because we're all, you mentioned Manchester United there, Kate. And it's not that I don't expect them to still be there, but it it feels like we've seen this one before. They've never managed to be top of the table in April. This is by far the the, the kind of highest they've managed to be at this point in the season. We've seen them get to the top and then fall away at like just after Christmas or whatever. But there seems something inevitable about the fact that I just expect them to slide down. I I just don't see them holding on because Arsenal's momentum the last couple of weeks, Arsenal's performances the last couple of weeks have been so impressive. City seem to be thriving apart from you know those the, the missed chances yesterday and Chelsea are Chelsea so Jilly where do you expect Manchester United to finish that's tough um I do think though they've got who they got they've got Man United and they've got Arsenal they've got City yeah City. they've got to play City I mean, and they've yeah. got to play Arsenal at home yeah so I think the for them that them two games will be huge because I mean, it's, it's great yeah if you can beat Brighton 4-0 and you can get I mean, obviously they've got a bit of goal difference out of all of them, um, which if you look at it, is it was it's worth a point really if it comes down to it. Um, but it's great, obviously, getting the results with the other teams. But for me, I think it's those two games that are key because if they can get two wins from there, then ultimately they're they're going to be potentially second, first, if not second. Um, but I do think with Man United, I feel like obviously this is the fourth year in the WSL. And I think if you look at it, their their target initially was always Champions League. And I feel like because of other results that have gone on this year and and their points and performances and they're up there at the top, I feel like if they, they don't get the WSL, but they get Champions League, I feel like a lot of United fans are going to be really disappointed with that. But I think if you're looking at it from a, a club's point of view or even like an outsider... For them to to knock off one of really the regular top three and get Champions League, I think is massive. I think they'll be disappointed, of course, if they miss out on the title. But I think being able to be in the Champions League will help you attract better players, you know. And obviously, then you can push on next year for it. But I just feel like if they if they miss out on the title, they might be disappointed with Champions League. They're three points ahead of Arsenal, 
and City, who are both got 38 points. But United have a superior goal difference than both Arsenal and City. But if Arsenal beat United away, that could really change things. Do you think United will still get Champions League? I don't know. I'm not really great <laughs> with all maths and that. Like, it really makes me struggle. Um, well, well, our, uh, United have played one game more than Arsenal. Yeah. But if Arsenal beat them, then they will essentially, could potentially leapfrog yeah. them. But I think it would be really disappointing if they have been up there for that long and then City win their games, whatever, Arsenal chose, and then they end up being fourth. Mm. I do think that would be really disappointing because I feel like they'll be frustrated because they've literally been up there all year. Um, but it's all dependent. I think all United can do is just focus on themselves and they try and get three points in each game. Don't look too far ahead. Obviously, spoke to Leah Gorton on Saturday and she was really like, listen, we don't want to get away with it. Like, of course, we're leading at the moment, but it's just literally taking it game by game because you lose two, two of them games, three of them games, you're looking at a completely different perspective. They don't have anything else to concentrate on as well, which I think will be nice for them. True. The Champions League is just going to be Neither huge. Neither but... Huge for, for Arsenal and Chelsea. Okay, after that nil-nil draw that West Ham got against Arsenal, there were so many questions about Arsenal's season, full stop. Not even just the From WSL. From you. From me. <laughs> From you. From me. Yeah. Because I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Uh, a lot of... Uh, well, Jonas Eideval referring to... Arsenal's 9-0 win against Leeds United um, which I, I think fans were a little bit frustrated about but to go from that to the last couple of weeks has been quite the comeback it, it's kind of like bringing back to life because I didn't really see them getting a European semi-final I didn't see them being able to not just secure potentially a Champions League spot but also maybe the title again, and that League Cup win, the way that they've turned that around, also with obviously the two big injuries, but a few more injuries as well recently, it's been absolutely amazing, to be honest. Yeah, it's shown they've got backbone, which I thought maybe they would crumble a little bit. I think when you lose big players to injury, they have been so unlucky. But they've also got a lot of good players in the squad that are turning up, showing up. Um, Freedom Manham, I mean, has been a revelation this season. Kate McCabe was on a boot in a boot on Wednesday night, and then suddenly is <laughs> nowhere to be seen. Well, that's Kate McCabe for you, isn't it? <laughs> She's uh, iconic. But no, they've got a lot of match winners, though. I think that's one good thing. Someone can do something to win them the game, but they just look like they're playing with so much confidence. I know Man City. The first half, they probably weren't happy with how they're playing. They weren't really getting like getting at Man City were they they didn't have a lot of chances um, but second half I think it just shows their resilience if you can stay in a game same with Bayern Munich Bayern Munich away I thought they played well they were unlucky not to get anything from that but to turn it around after after the first leg um, they're really thriving at the moment it's Arsenal vibes they're, they're good um, whether Caitlin Ford is injured I do think that will have a big impact I think she's been really good for them the last few weeks um, obviously Kim Little don't know to what extent, but it's probably not looking good. So I think that's their worry in terms of just their squad depth. I think if you look at their bench yesterday, I was kind of like, who's coming on to change the game? Um, they have some good young players and some experience in terms of like seeing out games. But 
I don't know what they've got in terms of like fully taking it to the end of the season. I really hope. I'd, I mean, I'd love an Arsenal Chelsea final in the the Champions League, um, just for English football. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arsenal are just proving everyone wrong. I think. I think maybe it's just like brought them closer together. Yeah, um, I think they're riding that momentum and that spirit at the moment, and it just shows. I think that there was it wasn't almost there to be tapped into, but maybe they just needed to find that resilience, like you say, and and perhaps proving people wrong was what they needed to galvanise them and to make people kind of wake up and say, like, we're, you know, we are still a very good team and people shouldn't write us off. They've been listening to Counterpress and listening to you. They have. Bitch about them week in, week out. <laughs> and yeah. they thought... I'm not, I'm not taking this anymore. This is what I keep saying to Wrighty. Like, he accused me of being an Arsenal hater, but they're winning because of my hate. So <laughs> You've caused sackings yeah. and you've caused a revolution. <laughs> too powerful. <laughs> woman over here, by the way. I tell you what, <laughs> any, any big broadcasters as well, snap her up. <laughs> well, you know, I've got, I've got some agendas that I'm working on, so some managers better watch out because their time is coming. Uh, we've got to get into some of the other big drama at the bottom of the table next. So there was a massive result at the bottom of the table as Leicester beat Reading, which sends Brighton bottom. I think that is the first time this season that Leicester haven't been bottom of the table. I, I, I Maybe on the first day, they wouldn't have been, like obviously because yeah, of alphabetical order. order. <laughs> and then um, I can't remember we were. How, it would have, <laughs> how it would have played out after that. But yeah, Leicester are now 11th. That win uh, makes them overtake Brighton. Brighton go bottom after their defeat. Brighton have played two games less, though, than Leicester. So they could climb that back. Yeah. But for my job yesterday, put the lesser goal on, lesser winner on Twitter and was like, uh, they're off the bottom of the table. And someone replied like, yeah, but Brighton had two games in hand and I wanted to reply like, are they going to win them? Yeah. <laughs> Arsenal and Everton. Like, yeah. they're their games in hand. Aren't yeah, they? I think so, yeah. Ooh. And it's also like, it's not, yeah, it's not guaranteed. No. It's not guaranteed. If it was maybe Chelsea and Arsenal, I might say, oh, yeah. they probably might get those points, but it's never guaranteed. Leicester yesterday though, We've seen signs of how they are willing to just go for it in games. They're not always the best going forward. They don't always create a lot of good opportunities. But yesterday, and ever since Willie Kirk came in, they've just been willing to risk it all and just push and push and push, even against top teams. Sometimes it's been their undoing. But Kate, yesterday... They were really fucking good. <laughs> they were very good. Had so many chances. I mean, it could have easily been more than 2-1. And I think, it was it like 96th minute or something they scored? Yeah, the winner crazy. was. Yeah. Um, but the way they performed, like, they created enough chances to win three games. Um, I think what's good for them, when they were the, at the bottom, they had nothing to lose. Now it would be really telling on how they approach games because they're kind of going a bit all out. Um, and leaving themselves maybe a little bit more vulnerable at the back. You see, when they played Man United, they concede five. Um, Aston Villa concede five because they're opening themselves up a little bit more. But I also think their games, they probably don't expect to get anything from. So when they play teams like Reading, who are down there with them, they're going to have to see that as we need to get three points. Like one point isn't good enough. We've got to pick up the three points. And they really went for it yesterday. Um, and it shows really what a good job Willie Kirk has done there because I think not only are they a little bit more stable I think just in terms of like the football that they're playing 
like it's showing that they have got some good players. Like they all trust each other. They know their roles. They know what they're doing. I think they're structured in attack as well as defensively, even though they are a little bit more open. Um, listen, I think they could pull it off. And if, if they do, like fair play like that is incredible see you all down uh, Leicester Brighton on the last day of the season well, we've that's all, where I'll be we've all got one eye on that but it is impressive because I actually think when you look at all the squads in the WSL and paper Leicester have by far the weakest squad they've got a sprinkling of experience but they've still got a lot of the players that came up from the championship starting in those games getting Leipzig on loan from Bayern Munich has been massive because she is an unreal goalkeeper so I just think having that foundation that you know is going to keep you in games even those games that they've lost by big margins the important moments she's going to keep you alive really and I think that has been so impressive and it just shows that yeah you don't always need that individual quality. But if you're all buying in and believing in something, you could give yourselves the best shot at survival. Things aren't looking great for Reading right now. They've managed to scrape a few points here or there recently, really important points. They've got Everton, the other side of the international break. They're only a point ahead of Leicester. We know that for teams that are aligned to men's championship or or not a Premier League side, it is tougher because your budgets are just automatically going to be a lot lower. Jilly, do you think, obviously we, we're going to talk about Brighton in a minute, but do you think this might be the season where we see Reading slip away? Uh, potentially, but I also think like, Reading have had a decent budget over the years. They've just not used it well. Um, I think they've potentially lumped money into individual players who then haven't stepped up and was there. They didn't deliver what they was meant to be delivering. Do you know what I mean? So I do think Reading have had a decent budget over the years. Um, probably uh, higher than a couple of others that are in and around that area. Um, but yeah, I do think they've flirted, I say this a lot, they've flirted with relegation <laughs> over the last Ooh. few seasons. And I feel like they've always just been bowed out because there's always been one team that just has been worse than them. Obviously, you look at Bristol, um, obviously Birmingham have been in and around it and obviously then they went. Um, and I feel like that's sort of saved them and sort of covered over the cracks a little bit with them um, because I feel like they've just got away with it. But... I think you, you're looking at Leicester, you're looking at Brighton, Reading. I think Tottenham's win against Leicester helped them out. Um, but I feel like all them three especially are all at risk of, of going down. There's a lot of teams that are lucky that there's only one relegation spot, I think, and have been in the past few seasons very lucky that there's only one. And we talked before about potentially you know, expanding that and I think that would... I think we spoke about the fact that they would probably wake a lot of teams up because they're probably resting on the laurels that there's only be one team that goes down. I also want to talk about the fact that Leicester, I think I've kind of talked around this over the last couple of seasons that the club has been ambitious in some ways. They they obviously haven't put in as much budget as other sides and they they are kind of using a lot of younger players and expecting quite a lot from them. But... It, I feel like it is important in the WSL as well to see clubs that have a bit more of a long-term vision. There are pros and cons to them playing at the King Power. It's a big pitch. I don't know if that always suits them. But I think they have been well supported over the last couple of years. They now moved into the men's old training ground, which is a really good facility. I know before that, things were a bit rocky and there was a few times where they were like training in a park. But 
now there's a bit more of a foundation there. But I do think it's important as well for a team like that to stick around in the WSL because my fear is is that a, a, a club like that who like supports its women's teams, they have a little bit of success, they go up to the WSL. If they slip back down... I fear they won't come up again because the parent club will think, oh, we tried, but, you know, it's not going to work out. So I, I almost want them to succeed because of that, because there's been a little bit of ambition. They've been a little bit proactive in the way that they've supported their team. And I feel like I, I want to see Leicester survive because of that, Jelly. Yeah, and I think like you're looking at, obviously, yeah, they get to play at the, the King Power. Um, obviously, they've got good facilities as well. But I also think with Leicester, they could potentially be like a team that... Now, that feeds off of the top three in regards to players. I feel like their recruitment probably over the last few years hasn't really been that good because what I think from like a player's point of view is they saw Leicester come up. They saw that they had a bit of money with the facilities and stuff and thought, oh, I could go there, play at Leicester, get a decent money compared to what I'm on now. But then we, them players weren't that good. But I think like, like Ruby Mace, for example, I think has been has gone under the the radar a little bit with there because when she obviously she's on loan but her going there like she's been playing centre mid and I think she's just shored it up even more um, she ain't afraid to put her foot in um, and she likes to, to keep the ball simple as well but I think if they can tap into Arsenal young players you know City's Chelsea's and be like sort of that club that brings those players in who if, once they've got a DNA obviously I think Willie Kirk if he'd been in there at the start of the season I don't think they'd be in the position that they are now Um but I think if you can tap into them and get those sort of players who who who, who want to play, they want to impress in WSL. They've come from a good um, background in that sense of, of teams who who like to play football. Um, but give them the opportunity to, rather than potential players who aren't playing at other clubs who see it as sort of a money move. Mm. That makes sense. And I think hopefully Willie Kirk, if he stays, will get a bit of budget in the summer as well. I know for teams like Leicester, it's hard because we are seeing the the depth of talent spread a little bit more. So where the top three teams would have just kind of accumulated all really good players, we are seeing with what Villa and Everton have done in the past and what Spurs are certainly doing is that the, 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 the cost and the pricing is kind of being spread across the league. So if you've got Spurs spending 250 grand on Beth England and they're a ninth and all the other players they've signed as well and Villa doing what they did in the summer that makes it really hard for a team like Leicester to be able to compete with signings because the wages are just getting blown out of the water by richer clubs but who are also in not very good league positions so I think that's also been an issue for the club is trying to work out where they slot into and what budget they've got to play with but at the same time if you're a Premier League side giving that money to a women's team is literally change. It's nothing. So actually, if they give them a good summer of budget, they could go. They could really go far. And the progress that a lot of people thought Spurs were going to make, actually Leicester, with a very good coach, could be the kind of side that goes on that trajectory. We've got to talk about Brighton, though, because things are not looking great there. Obviously, Jens Scheuer left a few weeks ago. Amy Merricks, who is very familiar, being assistant there for ages, was assistant under Hope Powell. She's there at the moment. But they're now bottom of the table, Okay, They've got those two games in hand, but they're not easy games at all. So where where do you expect them to finish coming into the season? Do you think Leicester are going to survive? It's difficult because you kind of want games in hand. 
in terms of it gives you a chance to pick up points, but you'd rather have points on the board. I think especially when you're finding it hard to pick up points, you're kind of looking at where can we get them. Um, with Brighton, it's a weird one because I feel like sometimes they can just pull a really good performance out and then you're like, where did that come from? And then sometimes they're just really not on the same page. Um in terms of who goes down, I really think it's out of four teams at the moment. And I think even up to yesterday, honestly, like a point for us in Liverpool, I think that point probably just kind of cements our place in the league as well. I, I, and probably I know there's Liverpool's not a lot of games as well, left. actually. Exactly. Yeah. So I think for both of us, that's probably a good point in terms of just not having to look over our shoulder in terms of relegation. Not that I think, I think there's too many teams in there um, and it's a lot of points for people to pick up. But, I really can see it going down to last game of the season between four teams for winning the league and getting relegated. And if that happens, then that is just like the perfect scenario. Because Two hours counterpressed after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, but the thing, the, the thing is, I think now it's different for Brighton. Now they're at the bottom. That puts on a whole completely different pressure mm. because when me and Jilly were at West Ham, even when we were having the performances, we could not buy a win. When we were down there, it was like every game was so stressful. I remember we played Aston Villa and I think we had something like 20-odd shots and they had like one and we drew nil-nil. And we're just like, we cannot get a win out of anywhere. Like, So that pressure then becomes, well, if we don't win this one, we're still bottom. If we don't win this one, you know, so that pressure on the Brighton players is going to be really telling. But they have got a lot of experience in that team. Oh, but it's just something clearly is not clicking and it's not ideal to lose two managers in one season either. So whether that comes back to bite them, I don't know. If they could have stayed with Hope, maybe she would have got them out of it. But if players aren't happy, I don't know the this, this situation there. But uh, I I think it's going to go down to last game season. I really can't call it. I'm sitting on the fence on that one. It's going to be a good end to it. We've got to talk about Spurs as well because after that scrappy and it was a scrappy win against Leicester midweek they lost to Arsenal pretty spectacularly uh, and they lost to Everton on the weekend a very very late goal from Aggie Beaver-Jones who is thriving and kind of what you mentioned Jilly a player who's gone to Everton and is just proving how good she is and hopefully might return to Chelsea with some opportunities to play in the first team but Spurs don't seem to be turning a corner in their fight against relegation. They're just a point of head of, head of Reading. They're currently in ninth place. They've played the same amount of games as Leicester Reading. Um, they are still in the thick of it. Yeah, no, they are. And I don't know, obviously, Vicky Jepsen. Um, I don't want to be horrible, but I don't think she's the woman to lead Tottenham further. I don't, because I feel like she's obviously had the experience with Liverpool in that situation. Um, and, I, and this is what I was talking about. I was talking the other day about Brighton and about Amy Merricks, yeah? And I was saying, like, if, like, Brighton put out a thing last year where they were targeting the top four, like, this season. They were looking at going back to uh, a ground that was in Brighton to attract fans. Obviously, they're currently playing at Crawley, which is an awful pitch. Um, and I just feel like clubs say it so easily of, oh, we're going to be going Champions League this year. Remember in the first year at West Ham, they said we was aiming for Champions League as well. Like, Shut up. Going to win the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel that there's so little, like, people don't understand how tough it is mm. in the WSL to get into into those Champions League spaces, uh, places, sorry. So 
for Brighton, obviously, on that point as well, like I said about Amy Merricks, is she a manager that will be able to attract players? If that's your your budget or your, your target, your goal, and you want to get Champions League, a lot of players sign for teams. You're talking like Casey Stoney at Man United, yeah? I mean, Man United's a big club, would have attracted players anyway, but a lot of players went to Man United to play for Casey Stoney because they trusted her, they knew what she'd done in the game and they bought into her vision. So for me, I'm like, do Brighton get in a manager who you go, here, here's your budget, a big name who can attract players to come to Brighton um, to push them further up. And I feel like that's the same with Tottenham. I don't feel like Vicky Jepsen is a big enough name for that club to attract the players that they want to attract if they're really serious about Champions League. And that's no disrespect to Vicky Jepsen, but obviously you're looking at what she's previously done. Obviously she's got a relegation on her CV at Liverpool. She's the assistant manager, so she's probably standing there anyway to give a bit of stability. But in regards to long-term, like I don't think she's the right person for the job because I feel you you want to get someone in who's got that experience and got that aura to bring in, bring in other players. That's just my honest opinion. I mean, there we talk about cup finals in in the relegation scrap, but Spurs and Brighton have a lot of cup finals ahead of them. Spurs have got to play Villa the other side of the international break. Then they're playing Brighton at home. They've got United away, which is never an easy game. They've got Reading at home, penultimate day of the season, Ooh. and they're playing West Ham away. <laughs> end <laughs> of the season. Kate's going to hopefully you send them down. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but. Yeah, Brighton have got a really, really tough few games coming up because they've got they've got to play Everton twice. They've got Liverpool away. They've got that Spurs game I mentioned. They've got Arsenal at home, which they have a terrible record against Arsenal. They've they've, they've got their other game against Everton, as I mentioned. And then last day of the season, the one we're all excited about, Leicester at home on that terrible Crawley pitch. So it's going to be quite the finish. We'll obviously keep everyone updated on that. Before we go... A word on Sam Kerr because she hit 50 goals for Chelsea yesterday in the WSL in 62 games. An unbelievable record. And it's it's interesting because, Jilly, it hasn't been the best Sam Kerr season, actually, especially in the WSL. And we're used to seeing her be well into double digits by now. But it has been a bit quieter. But we still know, like yesterday, which, you know, Chelsea were clear by that point but it was an unbelievable touch and finish from her you still just expect her sometimes even when she's not looking her best she's looking tired she looks looks exhausted at the moment but there's a lot of pressure on her with the injuries to Harder and Kirby but still then sometimes you just feel like she's going to pull something out of the bag yeah I don't think you can ever write um, Sam Kerr off she is dangerous when she's in those positions and she could have had more than one last night I do what think she, tell us what she's like to mark no, I said yesterday, she's a pain like yeah. because you think you've got her and then she just like, there was a, a goal she scored against us at West Ham and I literally was touched tight to her mm. and the ball came in and like, I think I'm a decent header of the ball and I can jump and she just like, was literally like as if she was on like a six foot box. She was just <laughs> powered over me and like just banged it straight in. Like she's got such a leap on her but I do think, I mean, she does look tired and that's what I said last night. Chelsea need to get the result early doors and get her off because she is leading that line on her own. It'd be interesting if you asked Emma if she knew how or what was going to happen to Fran and she was going to be out for this long with also harder, would she have let Beth go mm. um, in the window? Because I think you could have shared it with her. But she is, she's stepping up. But 
I mean, obviously, it's still fantastic. She's like the second player to hit it in the quickest amount of time. Um, and you can never write her off. I just think, obviously, Chelsea are managing her really well at the moment because, like last night, they took her off. As soon as you know you're comfortable, you just got to get her off and wrap her up in cotton wool. I thought they left her on quite long after... They always seem to in these games. She like, didn't, she didn't give her a rest. the 81st minute. She's, they were 3-0 up. She scored in the... 56. Know, Take her off straight away. still a bit nervous in case. There was a game recently where they were they were home and dry and she played the full 90. It's ridiculous. It. The poor girl is exhausted. But Kate also, uh, kind of expanding on what Jilly said, there is something so unpredictable about her because even if you think she looks a bit leggy and this isn't the game for her. I mean, even in that Chelsea game in, in the Champions League where things weren't quite clicking. I still thought she might make something happen. Is she the kind of player where, like, is she a little bit, is she kind of player who does, like, dirty tricks or is she quite quiet and then suddenly comes out with something? Like, what she like to play against in that in that respect? I think she always keeps the back line busy. That's first and foremost, even if she's not touching the ball. You have to be aware of where she is because she's, she's so quick. Her movement is really good. Like Jilly said, her movement in the box is really good. Um, yeah, she's not. She's not like a. She, she doesn't make the game all about her. But you know that she can create something. She can score something. She's always going to be a danger. Um, listen, she's she's an unreal striker. I really didn't think she was going to be as good as she was. Um, she's been so good for Chelsea. A big part of why they're winning trophies, and she could be the reason they do again this season. And I think we're waiting to find out what's going to happen with her new contract as well. But you'd like to think Chelsea would just offer her whatever she asked for. Sure. I would give like, the world. Back-to-back golden boots. She is a big-time player, but she's got a big summer ahead of her. That's what I'm worried about, is there is so much pressure on her because this whole World Cup is based just like the Sam Kerr World Cup. It's the reason it's in Australia in the first place. And Mackenzie Arnold. And Mac- sorry, and Mackenzie Arnold. Yeah. Um, and she's already exhausted, so I hope she gets a little bit of time off, but a lot of it will depend on what happens in those Champions League games, which we're very excited about. That is all we've got time for today. We will be back on Thursday with an England special. Jesse, Becky and I will be putting together our best 11s, but not as you would think. There's going to be a little plot twist little on twist. that. Uh, obviously, it's the international break. Jilly, Kate, what are you guys doing for the international break? I know it doesn't really apply to you anymore because, you know, you're no, not... No, it's still the same. I'm going to do nothing. I didn't <laughs> do nothing when I was a player and I'm not doing nothing now. <laughs> Kate, what you got planned? Well, we've got two days off now. So I'm meeting up with one of my friends to go for food. Oh, very nice. And then the weekend I'm doing a kids' day with my friends and their kids. And I'm the only one without a kid. So they can look after me and I can be the kid as well. And then maybe a little meal slash party on Woo-hoo. Saturday. Party as in Where's just Ireland a little... Where's Ireland, You can come. You can come. Few I'm drinks. on holiday. Few oh, drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Few drinks, few just nibbles. Wanna, just you want know. to make sure that we're on the invite list. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You're invited come anyway. <laughs> I don't want to come. All right, sweet. Nice. Have a, have a nice time. <laughs> Sounds great. Becky's going to be on our holly bobs. Yep. Going off to Cyprus. Going to be mm. living my best hand life. All inclusive. Oh. I'm going to be drinking cocktails by the pool for five Love days straight, baby. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about it. Well, we'll see you all on Thursday. <laughs> 